Jennifer Pepito with the Restoration Home Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the peaceful path to connected families and restored communities. Today, I'm talking to Kristen Dahman. She's my friend. She's on The Quiet Way Home on Instagram. And we've done some courses together and collaborated on some resources for the Peaceful Press. And I'm so excited to chat with Kristen again about simplicity in our homes. Thanks for joining me today, Kristen. Thank you for having me again. It's so great to be here. I'm excited that we get to talk, Kristen, uh, in this month-long session. We're talking about the value of simplicity and, you know, in the, in the Benedictine culture, they didn't actually own anything and everything they had was kind of a sacred tool for the service of the Lord. But our homes in American culture can be so overwhelming. And I think that is one of the things that really inhibits connection with our families is that often the management of our homes takes up a larger than necessary share of our time. I agree. And I know that the more stressed I am, if I look around my home, I can tell that a lot of it's because there's so much to be done. And a lot of that includes what we own and what we have in our homes. It's so true. And I, I, I've been thinking, I was talking to my mom yesterday about improving. Like there's a, a desire that we have as women to make the world a better place. And that's a healthy desire. And that's part of restoration home and restoration culture. But I think that when the beautification of our homes takes a higher priority than the care of the souls of our children and our, our husband or our own soul or our own time with God, then the priorities are out of whack. And maybe the beautification process is just an escape from something that's keeping us from simplifying our, our own soul care and our own care of our children. I agree. And I think that, um, especially in the throes of motherhood, when things may seem out of order and in disarray and messy all the time, it is part of who we are to try to bring beauty to that and try to bring some sort of normalcy in the mess and the chaos of what it is to raise children. Um, but I do agree with you that sometimes we can become so focused on trying to make it beautiful or trying to um, organize or make things a certain way that we can lose focus of what our priorities are with our children and our families. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting, too. I think a lot of the mess, like, you know, some of it is just normal. You know, I, I stopped by a close friend's house the other day and she has five young children. They're eight and under. And the house, you know, there was dishes in the sink, there were toys on the floor, there's laundry on the couch. That is just normal life with small children. Do you know what I mean? You can't necessarily clean the kitchen thoroughly after every meal because you're changing a toddler's diaper or you're comforting a baby. So some of the chaos that we go through is just a normal day to day. But I think we make it worse when we, for instance, buy too many things and then there is too much for us to organize or take care of or we make the chaos worse when we you know have to have everything perfect and we can't rest we can't sit down and relax with our children until 
everything is perfect. How do you um, kind of make a, a value system or keep your essentials in sight so that you can simplify home care for the sake of your children? I think one thing that I've learned myself and that I've tried to teach my children is that um, it's necessary for the function of our household, for the function of our relationships to not just, you know, have these, this new year resolution of cleaning and organizing, but it to be something that we're constantly working towards, um, constantly like evaluating, um, you know, is this necessary? Do we use this? Is it creating more work for us? You know, whatever it may be, because there have been seasons where I've been really good about um, purging and going through things. And then I don't do it again for another six months or another year. And if we've just, as we've learned to make it more part of our daily rhythm, you know, like, Hey, this doesn't fit instead of throwing it back in the closet or back in a drawer, let's put it in a box. And once the box gets full, let's take it and drop it off for donations or whatever the case may be. Um, but it's really been helpful to make that more a part of our daily rhythm as opposed to just a once a year type of thing. Yeah. And for me, a big part of my thoughts about home care right now do come back to my priorities as a mom. You know, I really want my children to feel loved and cared for. And that requires getting on the floor with them, looking them in the eyes and being present. And in some uh, seasons of my life, I wasn't able to be as present as I wish I could have because we had too much work. And I think Work is so good for our children. You know, I had a podcast episode or a whole month long of podcasts about work. It's so good for us to learn how to work. But when there is such a burden of work that we cannot work with our children, that takes too long. Or when we are just constantly having our children work and not able to celebrate the work with them, then I think that attachment issues begin to arise and, and we're not we're not behaving like God. You know, if you think about the way God ordered his people to live, one of the things that he established was a weekly day of rest, a full weekly day where they could just celebrate him and enjoy him. And I think that's what we should be working towards as a family is rhythms of work and rest. And if that takes simplifying, if that takes living in a smaller house or having a smaller yard or letting your yard be more chaotic than you wish or having fewer belongings. You know, I know Jody Maccabee in her book about the whole unhealthy family talks about only having enough dishes for each person. So you just have to wash the dishes after they're done instead of having sinks full of dishes. That might be simplicity for one family. For another family, it might mean having enough dishes that you can just keep loading the dishwasher quickly. And the next day, you know, at the end of the day, run it and you're not having to constantly be washing dishes. What are some of those strategies that, you, that you've used in your home to simplify home care so you have more time with your family. Yeah, it's interesting because I've noticed, um, you know, on the days that I'm busy and working, um, my children don't necessarily get busy and work too. You know, if they see me sitting and doing something, regardless of what it is, they're more likely to sit and do something other than, you know, what they're supposed to be doing. So I think a lot of it is modeling the behavior that we want to see. So maybe if we want to see them 
um, get busy with their work, that means modeling for them what we want to see them doing first before we get to our work that we need to do. So um, one of the things that I've changed recently was I would get up and I would do my Bible study while everyone was still asleep. Well, if they would start to trickle in and everybody would start to wake up, then they would kind of just wander off while I was still doing my Bible study. And I, I started to realize that as lovely as that time was, that quiet time on my own, if it interfered with the transition of them waking up in the morning starting, then it wasn't beneficial to our day because how our day got started was not going well. So what I did was I just started doing my Bible study with them. So that was the beginning of our school day was we would start with the same Bible study that I was doing. So I wasn't already take, I wasn't taking on another additional Bible study, but I would just do whatever I was already doing with them in the morning to start our day. And that really changed the focus of the whole morning. How, when they got up, we started in the word and then it started our day. And it kind of gave me um, this opportunity to kind of lay something down that I was holding on to that I had this picture of what it was supposed to look like for me to have this quiet time in the morning with the Lord. And I realized that in laying that down and choosing to do it with them, it just made my life easier and better. It made the flow of our day easier and better. And we were in the word together. And that was just so beautiful. Yeah. I love that you made relationship and connection the top priority. And then probably the rest of the day went better because you'd had that time. And that is one of the things I love about our morning time is it just feels like we start the day off on the right foot when we've connected with each other, you know, and then another thing I feel like is so important is doing chores with children. Like there are necessary and essential parts of managing a home, but I feel like we get so much more peace and we're so much less frustrated when we just work together with our children, because, you know, if you send a child off to do a job, often they aren't ready. They might not know exactly how to do it right. They might not have the skills to work through it completely as, as you're getting started with this. But if you can keep them by your side and, you know, make the bed together and smile at them while you're doing it and, you know, help them brush their teeth and talk to them while you're doing it. If you can incorporate more of the daily home care jobs into family togetherness, then you do start to build in that, that connection rhythm. And, you know, I'm studying, I'm listening to a podcast series right now by a counselor named Adam Young. And he's just stressing over and over again the importance of healthy attachments for maturity. And, you know, we, some, so many of us as moms, we didn't necessarily have someone looking at us in the face and helping us with our chores. We didn't necessarily have a peaceful home to grow up in. So we're trying to start this restoration of home business from scratch. And that is hard. What are some of the ways that you have created, you know, maybe different patterns as an adult? I know you have lovely parents that you love very much, but we all have our own story that um, we've had to work through. What are some of the ways that you've been able to create new patterns as an adult? 
Yeah, it's really been a learning process for me because um, in my home growing up, you know, my parents were get your homework done. And, you know, even if I wanted to help in the kitchen or make dinner or whatever, you know, they wanted me to get my homework done. And that was their priority for me. So when I became a wife and a mother, it was challenging for me to learn how to do those things because I didn't participate in those things as much as I would have liked to as a kid. So I'm really kind of learning as I go. It's, it's, you know, even a part of our homeschooling, you know, I've learned so much alongside of them and I've really learned a lot alongside of my children, just in the things that I desire that they have that I didn't have. Um, so yeah, just, you know, working alongside them, even if it's like, say, Hey, I just being honest with you, you know, I didn't really grow up learning how to do this, but let's learn how to do it together because I've seen the value in it as an adult now. And I want you to go out into the world with these values too. So we've just done a lot of growing together and it's not always been, um, pretty, but the outcome has been beautiful because we're learning together. And I think being honest with kids too, like, hey, you know, this is not my strong point, but it's something that I see value in and I really want to develop. And I want you to have this too as you grow. Yeah, I think that's so good, Kristen, that attention to honesty. And, you know, there's a really fine line because Kim John Payne in the book Simplicity of Parenting talks about filtering out the adult world. And so we don't, on the one hand, want to give our children too heavy of an emotional weight by, you know, maybe, maybe if we're stressed and we're not as gentle with them because we're having marriage problems. So that might be TMI in a sense. But on the other hand, when a parent is walking around stressed, children sense that. And as I talked about in my book, Mothering by the Book, so often they think it's their fault. But instead, if we could a little bit shine some light, you know, mom's a little bit stressed today because dad and I are talking about how we're going to, um, you know, work out our finances for this one thing. And I know God's going to come through for us, but I just want you to know if my face looks a little bit anxious today, that is something I'm working through, you know, and, and I think children are ready to hope like they are ready to have hope, but it does take us as parents communicating hope to them and sometimes we don't have the capacity to act like adults. You know, if we haven't, and I'll probably talk about this a lot in this season of, of podcasts, if we have never taken time to think about the things from our own childhood that brought stress or created chaos or made it feel like we have to, you know, maybe have misplaced values. You know, if you if you never felt like your work was good enough, you might feel like you have to have a perfect home to be approved of. Or if your, if your parents were really uh, paid a lot of attention to academic performance, it might be hard for you to pay attention to connection. We're, we're over, we're compensating often for the mistakes our parents made. And that's normal. Parents are going to make mistakes. Our children are going to have to figure that out too. But if instead we could just personally on our own, take a little bit of time to process, you know, what were the values of my home of origin what made, what created a lack of simplicity or what created chaos and take some time to grieve that, then we can have that more shalom. Because I think what we're getting after in restoration, whether it's attention to simplicity or attention to order, 
or attention to work. What we really want is that shalom of God, that nothing broken, nothing missing. And so simplicity is just one way we work that out, you know, having less belongings or, or letting, you know, letting your eyes turn away from the work so you can connect with your children, whatever the priority in the moment is. Yeah, I agree. And I love how you touch on so many of those things in Mothering by the Book and working through those things. Um, it's such it's such a busy season to be a parent. And especially, um, I know you and I both have quite a few children and you have so many personalities in one household and you want to do the best for them, but you also have your own stuff going on. And I think we tend to neglect that stuff because we're taking care of everybody else's stuff. And, um, and I think it's really important, not only for ourselves as parents to be able to pour into our children and our husbands and our house and our homes from a good place. And if we, um, don't deal with our own personal issues that we may have, um, our overflow isn't going to be nice. It's not going to be good. And, um, that's why I really try, um, to make it a priority to be in the word and be in prayer because I want my overflow to be from God filling me up, not from other things that may fill me up either from the world or from my past or whatever. I really want, even in the moments that I fail or I might be upset or say something that I wish I hadn't said, I want to set the example for them, you know, that we can even say, you know, I'm sorry and come to repentance and um, do something different than maybe our parents did with us or, um, you know, just stop and be able to change the narrative for them and for ourselves. And when we work through things for ourselves, we can more easily help them to work through their own things. Absolutely. It's so good, Kristen, because I think a lot of the things that create chaos, which is the opposite of simplicity, is our escapism. You know, we're buying things because we're depressed, because our husband wasn't nice enough, because we're looking to our husband to fulfill our needs instead of God, because we didn't have our needs met in childhood. So there's all these cycles of behaviors that create more chaos. Or, you know, we we drink too much at dinner or in the evening because we had such a rough day with the kids, because we don't quite know how to handle kids because nobody knew how to handle us. You know, whatever it is, there's all these um, escape mechanisms that we use instead of just taking time to, to work through stuff. And I think, you know, this does often take professional help. It does often take finding a counselor who can walk through some forgiveness or walk through you grieving some of your childhood. But as long as we keep using escapism to cope with our issues, we continue creating more chaos in our lives instead of the simplicity that we desire. Right. And whichever we choose to do, whether we choose escapism, whether we choose dealing with it and getting counseling or whatever we choose, whichever path, our children are watching and they're watching how we handle things. So I think as mothers, a lot of times we focus on the bad response or the bad attitude or whatever the negative is instead of focusing on they're watching and what our response is, 
is what they're going to learn from. So it's not necessarily going to be that they're going to remember that we got upset with them or we reacted poorly. They're going to remember what came after that. They're going to remember, wow, mom wasn't in a very good mood today, but she was really kind to me even when, you know, I wasn't very kind. And, and then they, I, I find my children using the same language that I use to turn things around. And it's funny because I think sometimes we're just so overwhelmed. We feel like, oh, well, I messed up, move on. But investing that time in them to just bring it back to, you know, the basics of, you know, we're all human. We're all sinners. We all mess up. And sometimes things are just hard. And I think this world likes to um, try to be very me focused, like on, you know, what, what makes me happy or what makes me feel good right now. And like you said, like, you know, going and buying something or having a drink or whatever. And it's not necessarily there's anything wrong in doing that sometimes, but using it as a coping mechanism, it can really be detrimental to us and to our families. So I think really sharing the honesty in all of that with them, when they experience that and as an, as an adult, they're going to remember, oh yeah, I remember mom telling me that she struggled with this and how she overcame it and what she did to work through it instead of just pretending that it's not an issue. And then they encounter the same thing as an adult and they're like, well, mom always made everything seem like it was rainbows and butterflies and why is it not like that? Because I think um, in my experience looking back, my parents were very loving and supportive and good, but they didn't like my mom didn't talk a lot about things when things got hard, you know? So now as, as an adult, I'm like, so what do I do in this situation? You know, how do I work through this? And even, um, even as far as faith goes, they did not say, Hey, let's stop and let's pray. We didn't go to church when I was growing up. So I'm grateful that my children have learned to know that the bottom line the Lord is over all these things, and we need to be constantly throughout our day um, going to him in prayer and depending on him no matter what our circumstances may look like. And then on our level of just being human, you know, things are hard, life is hard, and daily we face all sorts of different things. And how can we focus on restoring those things within ourselves, within our children, within our families, and how can we be good to our neighbor too? Yeah, that's so good, Kristen. I think just as we share with our children, and especially I love that you brought up the gospel because that's the simplicity is that we aren't defined by our behavior. We aren't defined by our mistakes, but we are covered in the blood of Jesus. We are redeemed. He loves us. He forgives us. His mercy is everlasting. And I think that that is what gives us the hope as mothers, you know, even if we have engaged in escapist behaviors, or even if we did have a rough childhood, every day is a new day with new mercies. And ultimately God is overall, he's working on our behalf and we can trust that he can redeem even those things that seem like mistakes or seem like chaos. He can bring that beauty and simplicity of the gospel into 